Welcome back, everyone. Episode four of the 12 part off season series on the Better Than the League podcast. I'm your host, Thurm Carter, about to talk to, about one of my favorite teams this off season, and just glad and thankful I do not have to talk about the Miamisburg Minotaurs any longer. We are moving on to the Music City Maulers, owned by Ben and Emma Williams. This team finished five and nine, which was ninth overall, just outside playoffs and it's pretty clear to to everyone involved why fantasy football is a lot of luck uh, obviously skill takes place but a lot of luck because you're dependent on nine players to score and play well in order for you to win and sometimes they don't play well and sometimes your opponent plays well um, what Matt can do on defense Ben simply cannot uh, the opponent's Total score was the highest in the league for Ben. And if you look at Ben's point total, it was near above average of the league. Yet Ben finishes at five and nine. We know the brutality that is fantasy football. And unfortunately, Ben was in that cycle. And there's a couple of things that also led to that. What led to that was the injury bug. I mean, just devastating injury bug. We lost Joe Burrow, Tank Dell to a fibula. J.K. Dobbins to an Achilles, and there's nicks and knacks along the way that prevented players from playing for, for Ben, and then obviously the trading of Derrick Henry. There's that a picture I sent, I don't know, years ago. It kind of comes back to mind. It's Master Splinter with the Ninja Turtles, and the first picture is, you know, big Master Splinter with three baby turtles or four baby turtles, and then vice versa, where it's old Master Splinter with full-grown Ninja Turtles. And Derrick Henry has always been Master Splinter for the Music City Maulers. And trading him away, letting him win a championship was just such a class move by Ben and Emma and the Maulers. So hats off to that organization. And there's a reason why I'm excited about this organization going forward, and it's the fact that you – can talk about 23 as being bad luck and great scoring, which means 2024 is great assets and still great players. And also we can talk about his draft history. So let's kind of go into 2023. How did Ben do and some key, key players from that 23 draft class? And we could all probably agree that the worst pick he made was his first one. And that was the 106 taking Zach Charbonnet. Now, Charbonnet isn't bad by any means. He's actually <clears throat> pretty solid. Second-round draft capital played while Kenneth Walker was out. Kenneth Walker has never played a full season, so he's always going to get you spot starts. Had some receiving upside this year, which was really nice to see. So, Zach Charbonnet at 106, but maybe could have taken, say, Flowers at 107 probably would have been, or like who was taken at 107 would have been a better pick there. And then obviously you have some running backs that are a little bit better in fantasy uh, looking at Devon HM. So 106 is probably his worst, but let's talk about players that he nailed. Uh, CJ Stroud, who is the quarterback seven in fantasy and dynasty leagues. So he pairs quarterback six and Joe Burrow with quarterback seven and CJ Stroud. That was huge considering he traded Justin Fields for pick 106. So trade your young run, you know, quarterback and get another Buckeye. And that book guy happens to be much better of a quarterback than Justin Fields. And then here's the, here's the second and third round picks that he really nailed. Uh, Taji Spears. 
So the trading of Derrick Henry obviously stinks for the Maulers, but Derrick Henry appear, is apparently done in Tennessee. And if Tennessee doesn't address the running back position at all, Tashi Spears gets immediately thrusted into that running back one spot. And he looked good. Does he have any cartilage in his knees? No. I mean, his knees are shot. So how long will he play? Who knows? But Tennessee obviously believes that he, he's going to play enough with taking day two draft capital on him. When you take day two draft capital, it's a good indicator that they believe that he's going to be able to play for a few years at least. So Taji Spears then all of a sudden becomes this RB1 conversation. And then at the wide receiver position, Tank Dell. Tank Dell was a third-round pick for Ben. And Tank Dell out of Houston is my size. He's five foot eight, like 170. So how does a guy like him play in the NFL? You watch the senior bowl last year, and you're like, okay, this guy's good. He, he's separating like crazy. No one can guard him, but he's, a, he's tiny. I can't even imagine myself in the NFL getting pulverized, right? But he's my size, and he's able to play in the NFL. Fortunately, due to poor coaching, someone put Tank Dell on the goal line, in line with tight ends and defensive linemen and linebackers, and got rolled up on by a 300-pound man. He should never be near a 300-pound man unless he's celebrating in the end zone. Breaks his leg and goes on to IR. But broken leg is a little bit different than than ligaments. I mean, I think he'll be back. No problem at the beginning of the year. So Tank Dell, an instant contributor. You have Taji Spears, who's going to be a great running back. And the guy I want to talk about the previous class is taking advantage of poor testing. Now, I don't suggest this to anyone because nine times out of ten, this will fail you. But there was some truly negligence done at Notre Dame that caused Kyle Hamilton and Kyron Williams to have terrible, terrible physical tests that caused Kyle Hamilton to drop the 14 to the Ravens, now in all-pro safety. And then Kyron Williams runs a 4-9 at 200 pounds, 5-9. That is terrible. There's like not a single NFL running back that's ever been successful with that athletic profile, yet he's ranked RB6 in dynasty football. Now, does that say how bad the running back landscape is right now? Yeah, I think it does. But at the same time, I mean, he was unbelievable. He was a touchdown every single week. He was getting multiple carries. He was durable. He was getting receptions. <clears throat> a true bell cow. So out with Derrick Henry, J.K. Dobbins, in with Taji Spears, Kyron Williams, Zach Charbonnet. So nice little trio there. Wide receiver-wise, we still got the, the same three guys we've had since 2022. You have Jamar Chase, the number two overall dynasty player. You have Debo Samuel, and you have now Tank Dell and Terry McLaurin. So four top 30 wide receivers, with one being the number two overall receiver, just great stable of wide receivers. And then he also acquired Rashad Bateman in that trade for Derrick Henry. So having that is kind of a nice five wide receiver staple. And then tight end, you have Kyle Pitts, who's still ranked as a tight end five on Dynasty. He's still very young. He's still very talented now that Arthur Smith is out of there. You kind of hope that maybe Zach Robinson, who I used to work with at Pro Football Focus, can get something out of this uber-talented tight end. And then Mr. Reliable for him, Evan Ingram, tight end 10 overall, but 114 catches this year which is fourth amongst all players. So having this 
great quarterback with great depth, solid running backs with solid depth, great wide receivers with solid depth, and then great tight ends with great depth, which leads us into 24. What does Ben do to get to the playoffs? To be honest, he probably doesn't have to do anything to get to the playoffs, but there's some things he can do to truly, I think, make his team go from good to great. And that is all on his draft capital. Let's go through it. He's got five total picks. He's got 104, which is his own. He's got 112, which is Eric's from the Derrick Henry trade. He's got 204, and he's got 208. 208 would, would have belonged to Logan. And then he's got 304, which is, uh, which is his own. Uh, ben doesn't typically tr- trade draft picks all too often. He's got the infamous James Robinson for his 2025 first. So he is without a first-round pick next year. But he does have five picks this year, and they're two first, two second, and a third. And the third's pretty early. So great, great draft capital of 2024. So what does Ben do at 104? Well, I can really see three wide receivers going off the board right off the bat. I think it's going to be wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, which leaves Ben in an interesting spot. Does he take a wide receiver again? Um, it's a little early for a running back. And then Brock Bowers is there at tight end at four. Does he does he make a move? Um, and I think he should. I think either Ben needs to trade back and possibly get a, tw- a 2025 first so that he can, you know, catapult himself uh, and keep that kind of fluidity in his roster development as, as we've seen that he's a great drafter. So if he can move back and acquire a 25 first so that he's able to kind of address some beats, I think that, that could be useful for him. Uh, or he could pivot and get another Buckeye, or maybe even go bigger than that. Obviously, Marvin's going to be in agony this year, and and Marvin is the only Buckeye that's going to be drafted in the top 36 picks of our rookie league. So no Buckeyes to be had on the rookie portal, but the veteran portal, there's a few Buckeyes that I can see going. Ben could potentially call his brother up, maybe get Garrett Wilson for that 104. Maybe he calls up Eric. Eric Nadelko needs a, a tight end. Maybe he says, I want Brock Bowers. Eric's got great depth, great, great wide receivers. Maybe he calls for, you know, a trade where he packages something to get on on Raw. Um, maybe he goes for C.D. Lamb. Michael really needs that young, that youth. And C.D. Lamb would be nice, but Michael has a bunch of old men around C.D. So to move C.D. might be a, a play there for him. But he's able to utilize that 104 he doesn't have to take anything he doesn't have a need i think he learned that he stated after the draft that he took 106 because of need he liked charbonnet don't get him wrong but he drafted charbonnet because running back was a huge need for him now just like tommy learned eric will never learn that you know now he's gonna be able to draft best player available or pivot make a move get that 25 first back or Go get a, you know, package a wide receiver in that 104 and get an elite guy. Like, could you imagine Amon Ra or CeeDee Lamb with Jamar Chase? Like, that is you, – you talk about luck, yes. But then you lock in that stability of guys that are always going to contribute week in and week out because you still have five, you know, four more draft picks after that. So you're still going to be adding to that depth and cultivating that depth. So that's a possibility. And then 112, 204, 208. At 112, that's where you may see your first running back go. Um, you could potentially continue your profit scheme of 
drafting a quarterback, having them succeed, and then flipping them for for more draft picks in the future. You could do that. You could take a wide receiver, take another best player available. The future, like the opportunities, is perfect for him because he doesn't have a specific sore spot, and I think that makes Ben Ben's offseason. That's why it's so fun. He can do whatever he wants, and I hope he makes a big splash. And I think teams like Michael or Jake or Matt, uh, maybe even Logan, uh, with Hawkinson's injury being the way it is, like how do what do we feel about Hawkinson going into the season? Also, Logan has some players that are really good fits for Ben. So maybe he calls one of the coys and, and asks about 104. Or he just trades back, you know, I have two first, Alex has two first, Eric has two first. Maybe a guy will move back for him um, to help him out. Who knows? So that's that's something I, I, I really am looking forward to seeing out of Ben. And I think that if he wants to, he could be the catalyst of this particular offseason period. Let's learn some more about the draft players. You know, who's going to be at 104? Who does he who's he locking into? Is there a tier that he likes? Maybe he moves up and tries to get Marvin Harrison Jr. I don't know. But I think it's opportunities are endless for him. And this team is definitely a playoff team. I just don't see a way that this team, unless it's just another terrible luck year, that this team misses the playoffs. But when you have five picks in 2024 – you're really dropping that luck factor and really boosting up that stability. And with his drafting, you know, history, only one can conclude that he's going to really do well this year as well. So looking forward to Ben's offseason, and I look forward to talking about his brother on the next episode. Talk to you guys later.